Thank you. Uh, we've been in a series called New Creation Realities. Um, this is a, a subject that I absolutely love teaching um, because I believe that there are times that, <clears throat> and a lot of times, we forget who we are in Christ. We, we understand, yes, we're born again. We understand, yes, uh, that we're, we're on our way to heaven. But we forget what being that really means and what it does in our life. And so today I just want to continue along those lines. And so let's bounce off real quick with a, uh, as a jump off point. Go to 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? New creation. So you are not the same as you always were. One translation would put it, says, you are actually something that has never been before. So if anyone who is in Christ, he is a new creation. <clears throat> and he said, and old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. This set of scriptures right here, I have a lot of favorites. You all have heard me say that over over the time. But honestly, this Second Corinthians section of, of, of Scripture changed my life, Phyllis. I mean, it, it, once I grasped what I believe God was saying in that, it, it, just, it just turned my whole world upside down. And so when I, I, we look at that, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ. Now, what I want to look at real quick is that word in. If all words, now, see, y'all. some of you don't know how I study. I like to take every individual word. We'll break it down. We'll look at it and I love the word in because it, Thayer's uh, New Testament dictionary says of the word in, it denotes a fixed position in time or in place, time or state. So we could read that if anyone has a fixed position with Christ. <clears throat> See, that's where God has placed you. He has placed you in a fixed position. The moment you said yes to the salvation already provided for you, uh, the moment you said, yes, I want this, he said, I'm putting you in a fixed position. If something is fixed, it can't be what? He said, so Thayer says, uh, he, he says it denotes a fixed position in place, time, or even uh, uh, <coughs> uh, uh, or a state. Now, the word, uh, M.R. Vincent says in his uh, word study of, of the New Testament, um, he says that the word in means a being or a resting in. So he adds that to that definition. He says, so for anyone who has their fixed position with Christ, who cannot be moved from Christ, they have entered into a place of resting or a state of being at rest. See, I think sometimes we run around and we're trying to fix every little thing in our life and make it right and make it right. I've got to fix this in my life and fix this in my life and fix this in my life. We forget that Christ has paid the price once and for all, for all humanity. He has paid that price and he has fixed us in him. So really, folks, our salvation being a Christian should really be about resting in his presence. But we've been real good about making it work. You got to work. 
you got to do this hard enough and this long enough. Don't wear your hair this way. Don't wear your hair that way. Cut it this way. Cut it that way. Wear it 10 feet tall. <laughs> Kevin, you're in trouble. <laughs> but really, our salvation, if we're in Christ, it means we are in a fixed position of rest. And so what does that really mean? Well, I want to read this again, but I want to, this time I want to read it out of the message. <coughs> Paraphrase. He says, now we look inside, and what we see, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start is created new. The old life is gone and a new life emerges. Look at it. Amen. I love that. He says anyone who has been united with the Messiah, his old is gone and a new life emerges and burgeons and grows. And he tells us there, stop and look at it. Look at yourself. Look yourself in the mirror. Understand who you are in Christ, that you have been united with Christ. And so that's what we're going to minister on today is our great union. What God has done for us and how God has united us to him. It's a great union that we can't overlook, but I think sometimes it gets misunderstood. If you weren't here on a Wednesday, Ted did a fantastic teaching on, yeah. <clears throat> he did a, a, the teaching on uh, the Barak. You, it, it would be hard to understand, and you asked me a question there as, as you brought Dee and I up for an example. said, do you know who you are? And I thought, man, I wish half the church would look at themselves and say, do you know who you are? Because it would be hard to uh, pronounce a barak on somebody if they don't know who they are in Christ. Because they will feel like they can't do that. And so uh, we're going to look at being united with Christ. Now, what does the word unite mean? Look at Webster here. Webster in his 1828 dictionary says that unite means to put together two or more things which make one compound or mixture. So if we're united with Christ, we have been made one compound. We're no longer, I'm over here and Christ is over here and I'm just trying to live like him the best I can. No, the word says if we're in Christ, a fixed position, a place of rest. See, when you make concrete or cement, you, you take sand, you take water, and you take what is it, concrete? And, and there's, there's this thing of agitation that happens, a mixing up. But once it's mixed, there's no more work to be done for it. It's now cement. Did I get those right, Brent? I've got one contractor back here. I'm not a contractor. I sit behind a desk. <laughs> and Steve laughing at me. But when they mix, they don't have to continually be mixed to maintain what they are. Once they're mixed, they are they're just there. So if we're united with Christ, he says to put things together, two or more, to make what? One compound. 
See, well, you're, you've been, you're like Kool-Aid and water. Once you put it in there, you can't unmix it. Yeah, if you want to get scientific, you know, we can figure out a way, but you can't do it in your, in your kitchen. Why? Because it became one thing. It became one. That's what happened the moment we said yes to Jesus. We became complete one with him. I like, Webster goes on to say that word unite, it means to join or to be cemented. It means to join or to be cemented. And folks, that's what we're going to look at today is what does it really mean to be one with Christ? Well, it means that you are so connected to him that God can't tell where he ends and you begin. Have you ever picked up the Kool-Aid and said, oh, I see, there's the Kool-Aid crystals now. No, you mix that thing good enough. You don't see the Kool-Aid crystal anymore. Why? Because it has been completely dissolved into the water. You see, that's what Christ was to us. We're the mixture. And once the stirring happened, once we said yes, that was the hardest work we had to do. The hardest thing we had to do in all this was just say yes. And once we did that work, then there's that mixture and we have become completely dissolved in. We now have a fixed position in. We now have a place of rest in Christ. And we look at it and we say, the old life is gone. The new life has come and I have to enjoy. But what does it mean? Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 verse 5 says, for we have become one with him, permanently united. Now I'm reading now the Amplified. It's what it means to be joined. He says, for we have become one with him, permanently united. In the likeness of his death, we will also certainly be one with him and share fully in the likeness of his resurrection. You see, at one time, we lived in a world of death. We lived in what caused us to death. That's what sin does. It said, if you're in sin, what does it do? It brings death. But God, but God came in, and when we said yes, now we no longer represent death. We now represent the resurrection of Christ. Everything about me looks like the resurrection of Christ. What God did in Christ to raise him from the dead, he does in me. To make me more like him. Folks, you can't make yourself like Christ. You're not that good. You can't be that good. It took the work of him and him alone. Oh, glory. The hardest thing you did in this thing was say yes. Look at verse 6. We know that old self, our human nature, without the Holy Spirit was nailed to the cross. Old has passed away. Why? Because Christ took on that old sinful nature and he nailed it to the cross. For us to walk around doing anything other than this, Sally, is for us to actually stand in complete opposition to God's original plan. Well, I can't help it. It's in my nature. No, it's not. Because your old nature was nailed to the cross. 
And the only nature that you, oh yeah. And the nature that you have now is the resurrection of Jesus. This is the great union that we have. He says, that, he says uh, it was nailed to the cross with him. Why? In order that our body of sin might be done away with. Mm. Why? That's your body of sin. Well, I have to sin. No, you don't. You might want to. <laughs> but there's not a push in you anymore. See, why? Because you're united with Christ now. And in this new nature of walking in Christ, that sin and that body of sin no longer exists. What did he do? He nailed that to the cross. So what do we call it around here? What are you trying to do? You're trying to resurrect the zombie nature. You're trying to bring back into your life something that Christ has already killed. So just stop. Come on. So that we would no longer, what? Be slaves to sin. See, our union with Christ freed us from sin. Sin no longer pushes you. It no longer dominates you. It no longer leads you like, like a bull with a ring in its nose. It no longer just drags you along. You have been totally set free from sin. Am I the only one that ever seen a bull be led around by a ring in its nose? But what Jesus did when he took our old nature and he nailed it to the cross, he said sin will no longer have any power over you. Well, why do I keep falling into this sin? Because you want to. <laughs> Who was it? Was it Nipsey Russell? The devil made me do it. Is that who it was, Galen? Thank you. Flip Wilson. There we go. Well, the devil made me. No, he didn't. He, didn't. He, he has no authority over you. He has no power over you. Christ took that old part of you that would do those things. He nailed it to the cross. He put away your old nature so that you could be free from the very power of sin. So why do we do it? Because there's something in us that wants to resurrect something that's dead. And you don't have to be pushed around by your sin anymore. You don't have to be. Verse 7. For the person who has died with Christ has been freed from the power of sin. So if you have died with Christ in salvation, guess what? You are free from the power of sin. Well, I just can't help it. You, you may want it, but we can help it. Why? Because of our union with Christ. See, this is what it means to be united with Christ. When you become united with something, when, when that becomes united, it operates in a different way. Have, have you ever tried to taste Kool-Aid right out of the packet? Why am I on Kool-Aid? Uh, I must be thirsty. Have you ever tried to taste cool? You think, oh, it's cherry. It's got to be good. And you, <laughs> your eyes cross, your, your lip puckers, you make that face. But something happens 
when you put that in water, you add the sweetness of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And that thing that once made that face now becomes so, so good. And on a nice hot day, it's like, oh. See, there's a, there's, a, there's a transaction that happens when the union is complete. I'm no longer driven by the things that make me go, you know? I don't have to be driven by sin. I don't have to be driven by all that mess. What I'm driven by is the love of God that has been put in me because my old nature was nailed to the cross with Christ. You know, it, it, back in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says... Uh, that God made him, I think it's verse 20, 21, said God made him who knew no sin to be sin. We have this weird idea that he took on all our sin. That happened when he was baptized. Remember John said, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. That's when he was baptized into a human, I'm getting too weird, I don't want to go. He was baptized under a human baptism. He became that man. When he was resurrected, he was baptized with a new baptism. When John brought him out of the water, the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove, and there was a new baptism placed over him. Oh! But on the cross, he carried our sin nature to the cross. On the cross, the word says in First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, chapter five. What is that? Verse twenty-one says, "He who knew no sin, be, he caused him who knew no sin to be sin." We miss the power of that. This is how God did away with that sin problem that we're talking about. He made Jesus to become sin, and nailed that every bit of it. The nature, the root cause, all of it was nailed to the cross. Oh, glory. And if you study the word long enough, the word says that when they placed him in the tomb, that he went to hell. It says he came back with the keys. He said, well, why did God have to send him there? Because that's exactly where you're going. The whole plan of salvation would have never been completed had he not completed everything that you and I would have went through. (laughs) So in his physical form, when Christ went to the cross, our sin nature went to the cross with him. Why? So that we don't have to be under sin's power anymore. So the choice now is ours, isn't it? Go to Ezekiel chapter 36. This is a great union, folks. This is a great union. What Jesus accomplished in his body, mercy. Ezekiel 36 verse 26 from the New Living Translation, he puts it this way. And I will give you a new heart. So the moment you said yes, you got a heart transplant. He said, and I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. 
Why did he have to put a new spirit in us? Because the old nature's gone. The old nature he hung on the cross. <laughs> so the moment we say yes to this, he says, I will transplant your heart and I will even put a new spirit. Oh, man. What union with Christ did. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart. I love how the New Living Translation puts that. I resemble that remark. <laughs> he said, and I will take out of you your stony, stubborn heart uh, and give you a tender and responsive heart. Verse 27, and I will put my spirit in you. Oh, what a union, folks. Heart transplant, new spirit, Holy Spirit living inside of, and I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. You and I, folks, are so united with Christ. We're given a new spirit. We're given a new heart. We're given the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. It's the same spirit that was there at the sound of creation. And the hardest work we did in this was say yes. He said, and I'll, put, I'll take out your stony, stubborn heart, and I will put a new spirit in you, and I will put my spirit. Folks, you are divinely intertwined and been united with the completion of the Godhead. It's just who you are now. Well, I just don't know. <laughs> All you have to do is say yes. But our problem is our understanding of this kind of connection gets lost a lot. And let me tell you, our understanding of this kind of connection will make us or break us. It'll kill us or it'll heal us. All based on our understanding of our united our union with Christ. Go, <laughs> go to John chapter 3. Y'all know that there are more verses in John than 16, right? John 3. There are all kinds of verses in there. Connected to Jesus by your spirit. John 3 verse 3 from the Amplified. And Jesus answered him... I assure you that most solemnly say to you, unless a person is born again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed. That's what this union did. It spiritually transformed us. Now we know this story. He's talking to Nicodemus who snuck out in the middle of the night and met him somewhere and, and just wanted to learn from him. He said he's spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified. He cannot ever see and experience the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter into his mother's womb a second time and be born. And I love how the Amplified puts this, can he? Nicodemus wasn't cutting the idea off. He's like, man, just explain this to me. He said he can't be born, enter into his mother's womb again and be born, can he? And Jesus answered him and said, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless one is born of water 
and the Spirit, he cannot ever enter the kingdom of God. Verse 6. And that which is born of flesh is flesh. The physical is merely physical. I love the Amplified there. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. The physical is physical. But the problem is, folks, we don't understand that we're not born of the flesh anymore. My mama gave birth to me. But my father rebirthed me. Try that again over here. My mama gave birth to me, but my father rebirthed me. So that which is physical is not physical anymore. Uh-oh. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, physical to physical, but. And that which is born of the spirit he says, I will put a new spirit in you. I will put my spirit in you. So now, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Our union with Christ reveals in us our true spiritual nature. Who we actually are. But we have gotten so used to looking in the mirror and judging everything on what this thing did. That's just waiting to leave this planet. It's counting days down. But the spirit man, that's who I really am now. And that which is spirit, born of spirit, is spirit. See, that's our great union with Christ, is we're not even worried about this physical nature anymore. Folks, you and I are spirit beings. We are born of the same spirit that overshadowed Mary at the conception of Jesus. Oh, uh, you were born of the same spirit that hovered over the earth in Genesis. Yeah. That's who you are. And one big stir. <laughs> one yes was all it took. We are born of the same spirit that filled the room on the day of Pentecost. We are filled with the same spirit that called Jesus out of the tomb and cause death and hell to lose its power forever. And that spirit is who you are now united with. <clears throat> That's who you are. That's what you're united with. Oh. Mm. And this makes God your father. Amen. Go to James chapter 1. <clears throat> Excuse me. James chapter 1, verse 18. I'm reading out the Good News translation. By your own will. Oops, sorry. Let's see what happens. By his own will, he brought us into being through the word of truth. John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the, and the word was with God, and the word was. So he brought us into being through the word, Jesus. That's who we're born through. So that we should have first place among his creation. Folks, we have to eventually realize that our great union makes you the grand prize of all creation. And the reality of this salvation that we live 
will absolutely destroy any feeling of inferiority that the enemy will try to put on you. Because you are not inferior to anything. Why? Because you're born of the Spirit. You're born from the Word. You have a Father in heaven. You have been forever union. It's a fixed position in your life. I'm telling you, if you don't, if this don't make you want to shout, something's wrong with you. You might need to get get it all over again. First Peter chapter one, verse twenty-three. I found a new translation in the last couple of weeks that I've kind of called the Easy English Bible. It is actually written for people who are English is not their first language. So it's, it's pretty simple, which makes it really easy for me. <laughs> he says, you have received a new life. That's what you are. You have received a new life. It is not people that gave you this new life. <sighs> the human kind of life does not continue forever. But God's new life does not come to an end. Oh, glory to God. The human life that we're, it may not continue to ever, forever, but the life that God gave us, the life we said yes to, will never come to an end. Woo! You have been born again into new life. Because why? You believed God's message. Man, he made it so hard. Just believe it. Say yes. Say yes. Yeah. One of the greatest testimonies, and I'm going to embarrass him right now. That's okay. It's because we just found out we were family a few months ago. I did. He already did. One of the greatest testimonies of coming to this realization is Galen's testimony. Man, I'm going to have to give, have you give that one day. Of just how simple... I love hearing his testimony because his sounded a lot like mine. He had an argument with God. Just like I had an argument with God. Tried to run, tried to run. <laughs> but it's this, it's, this, it's this easy. All because you believed God's message. Not because you were scared. Not because you were terrified. None of that brought that into you. What brought it into you is your yes. Your belief of God's message. And that message continues to be true. I love this. And it does not change. That message is never going to change. It's always going to be say yes. It's always going to be that little thing that we did. And it will unionize us with the Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit. So much so that we have a fixed position and it's a position of rest in his presence. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. We're almost there. Uh, I'm telling you folks, this word of God is so deep. Waters to swim in. 
Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, and again, I'm reading now the Easy English Bible. He said, it is God who has worked in us to make us what we are. It was him. He did it, Idra. I didn't. I just said yes. <laughs> he has given us a new life because we are united with Christ Jesus. He saved us so that now we could do good things in our lives. Oh. Well, what are those things? It's the things that he's already prepared for us to do. Folks, we have been so sin-minded that we've forgotten what salvation really did in us. We've been so afraid of sin. Well, you're telling everybody that go out here and sin. Didn't say that at all, did I? Okay. But we've been so... I think I started this series off with the quote that the church is more conscious of past rebellion than her current position. We're all worried about all this and we ignore what God has already done in us, who he has already made us to be, what he has already done in us. Oh, folks, if we would just grasp what has been done. And you say, well, I don't know. Listen, if you've never said yes to him, it's that easy. It's that easy. <laughs> but we can't focus on that. You've got to understand, you are God's masterpiece. And when his spirit is in you, you are the apple of his eye. He made you something that has never been, a new creation. God does not see you and I as the sinners we used to be. Why? Because we're so mixed up, he can't tell. It just looks like him now. It just looks like him and every time he looks at you, he sees this masterpiece. And he's proud. Oh, my. And he sees us connected like cement to Jesus. Ephesians chapter 4. We're coming in. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24, out of the uh, uh, easy English. It says, take up the new nature that God has prepared for you. Just say yes. Take up the new nature that God has prepared for you. The nature that is like God's own nature. What did he say in Genesis? Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. I love how the message translation says, let us make God to be just like us. Let us make man to be just like us. After our image, after our likeness, the message says reflecting our nature. Oh. So take up the nature that God has prepared for you, the nature that is like God's own nature. Then you will live in a truly good way that pleases God. I think we miss the bigness of that verse. It is truly righteous. And if we'll just get an understanding of this salvation, if we'll get an understanding of our union with Christ, it will put you, it'll put us over the top. But I'm telling you, without this, you'll always struggle with a sense of unworthiness. You'll always struggle with a sense of fear. You'll always struggle with a sense of guilt. 
and you always struggle with thoughts of sin. Are you with me? I made a statement. I can't remember if I made it here or somewhere else a while back. It might have been when me and Dee was talking. I said, when I grabbed a hold of this stuff, you know what went away from me? Guilt. I don't feel guilt. Now, do I regret things I've done in the past? Yep. Do I look at some of the stupidity of my life? I think, oh. But I don't feel guilty about it anymore. Why? Because I try to keep a constant reminder of my union with Christ. And as I keep a reminder of that union with Christ, then I'll always be able to overcome those thoughts and those feelings. Now this, obviously that crashed on us real quick. So we're going to end here. Go to Galatians chapter 4. The last scripture, anyhow, it decides it didn't want to show it. Galatians chapter 4, verses 5 through 7, and I'm going to read out of the easy English (coughs) translation. In that way, he made us free from the authority of the law. In what way? Through Christ Christ. In that way, he made us free from the authority of the law. Before that, we were like slaves under the law. But God's son paid the debt. Nothing for you to do. Yes, that's it. God's son paid the debt so that God would accept us as his true children because we are his children. God has set his son's spirit to live inside us. His spirit causes us to call God, Father, my Father. (laughs) So that we are not slaves anymore. But you are God's children. And because of that, you'll receive all the good things the Father has promised. My goodness, folks, what a great union that has been placed inside of us all. And all I did was say yes. All I did. Now, folks, listen, we got to understand some things. He did this for everybody. It's already done. It's already done. All the sin nature was nailed to the cross. That's what we saw in Scripture today, right? So what does that leave for us to do? The hardest thing. So we want to make this thing about works, and folks, it's never, ever, he's fine. He's never, ever been about works for us. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. We glorify you in the beauty of your holiness. I thank you for what you did in me. I thank you for what you did in us. I thank you for what you did for this entire universe, Lord, that all we had to do was say yes. You made it so easy. And Father, remind us daily of our union with you so that we never lose sight of who we really are. We thank you for it. We praise you. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.